I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to talk about racial stereotyping and advertisement. As many of y'all know, the company H&M, which is a Swedish clothing retail company, has been facing backlash, and rightfully so, for an advertisement that they put out. Now listen here, family, for those that haven't seen it or do not know, the advertisement featured a young boy who was modeling a sweatshirt reading, Coolest Monkey in the Jungle. We have seen this time and time in numerous different ads. When we go back and we look at the Pepsi commercial, where they appropriated the Black Lives Movement by using social justice to sell a can of soda. Then you go back to 2012, Acura sent out a casting call for a commercial asking for a not too dark African American to play a car salesman for their ad. They received backlash for that, immediately canceled the ad and never went on with the casting call. Now, there are those of us that are calling for a boycott. Now, you know my stance. I don't boycott white business. I buy out black businesses. Then we go look at the Dove body wash ad. You have a black woman that removes her brown shirt, and underneath is a white woman in a light-colored shirt, as if to say, use Dove body wash to wash away your blackness. Madison Avenue ad companies have never got it right. A lot of times these are neo-colonial thinking advertisers that do not have black executives or black marketing directors in place. So you will see time and time again these racist ads popping up. Now, anybody on the woke spectrum will tell you this is wrong. There's no denying what is going on. You have those who will argue whether this is an ill-informed mistake or was it racially charged attempt to belittle black folks? I believe in the latter. None of this is coincidence. None of this is an ill-informed mistake because when you look back at history, you will always see black art, media, and culture is undeveloped by others. So it's always best if we tell our own stories. That's why with the advent of social media, we are able to advertise to ourselves using 
in our unique style and our culture, and that should not be appropriated by anybody else. That's why the great Marcus Garvey said, think black, buy black, be black, and everything else will work itself out. It is not surprising that when these corporations and these ad agencies are caught in the spotlight due to a racist ad, they always issue a boilerplate apology. Pepsi issued this apology. Pepsi was trying to project a global message of unification, peace, and understanding. Clearly, we missed the mark and we apologize. Your apology is not good enough. Family, time and time again, we have to be mindful that these apologies mean nothing. The damage was already done, and then this involved white supremacists because white supremacists are still gonna buy Pepsi, they're still gonna buy Cheerios, they're still gonna buy Dove, they're still gonna use these products. What we have to do is we have to patronize black business only. Stay with me, family, for a few more minutes. We're about to take a commercial break, and then we'll be back after that commercial break. But before we go on break, I'd like to give a big shout-out to the brother Constant Elevation at Motherland Vibration in Durham, North Carolina. i also like to give a shout-out to Positive Vibe in Virginia Beach, VA. Shout-out to Sister Monique holding it down out there. Also to my brother Justice at Culture Connection 360 in Chicago, as well as Nia from Madhu Bookstore in Atlanta, Georgia, inside the Greenbrier Mall. Those are four retail locations. Those are our top retailers that are selling Elementary Genocide 1, 2, and 3. If you don't have your copy family, make sure you go to elementarygenocide.com and get your copy now. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is Akua of Cultivated Roots Media and I choose to tune into Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now our feature presentation. Now our next topic is concerning our brother Genuine. For those that don't know, Genuine was accused of discriminating against transgender. Uh, the situation concerning our brother Genuine is troubling on so many levels because family, when you look at the backlash that he's receiving, it only adds to the proof and to the fact that white supremacy are trying to decimate black masculinity and to castrate black manhood. Shout out to Genuine for standing in his truth and showing and proving what a strong black man exemplifies. Family, you have to really see how sick and demented some of these tweets are getting. And I'm going to read a couple of them just to show you the mindset and the pushback that this brother is getting. Here go one tweet, and it says, Today confirms Genuine and Nipsey are both transphobic, homophobic, and I'm tired but not surprised. Like, I'm trying to enjoy your art, but you had to be trash, right? Then here's another one. 
from a girl named Kiera. And she says, the shit between India and Genuine is transphobia, and I'm tired of them saying that it isn't. If you say you won't date someone because they are trans, but you would date them if you didn't know, it's transphobia. And then you have another one. Gemini discriminates against trans women as do most CIS men. That's India's point. You have to be mindful. These are cold words that are used in the LBGT community. CIS is a cold word to describe straight men who do not adhere to the lifestyle of those that are transsexual. And it's also a derogatory term. There are several words that are used to describe individuals that don't conform to this type of lifestyle and that are not in agreement with this type of lifestyle. Now, I'm going to read this last tweet, and this is by someone named Ashley on Twitter. And it says, Genuine saying he won't date a trans woman is a preference, not discrimination. Plus, he barely knows the woman. If you're out here kissing random people, then you got a problem. So this individual is actually agreeing with the actions of Genuine. Because one thing that we know for sure is that if there was the other way around, they would be talking about it was harassment, that it was sexual harassment. And then you will see the hashtag Me Too. Shout out to the sister Khadija on Twitter who repudiated each and every allegation that was being put forth in regards to the genuine situation. And the sister said, the overall aim of white supremacy is to homosexualize black men, weave threads of mass confusion in black society, thereby leaving the men feminized and the woman void of protection. Hence, homosexuality is a form of genocidal warfare. Shout out to that sister. She always stand in her truth and she's not afraid to say what she want to say regardless if it's not a popular opinion. And that's something that we have to do as a people. A lot of people remain silent on certain issues and then you embold other people to come forward and push their views on you as if it was your own. That is what power is. Power is when people are able to have you believe their reality as if it was your own. You can't believe what you don't stand for. You can't believe things that go against the natural order of the universe or go against your common core belief. Now, before I go further, I'm going to address Oprah's speech. A lot of people on social media have been asking me what is my take on her speech that she gave at the Golden Globe Award. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, Oprah's speech really just amounted to nothing more than a feminist anthem. You have to understand that she is pandering to white feminists. The majority of them is the ones that voted for Trump. And that's why Trump is in office. They don't care about the allegations of him being a rapist. They don't care about his racist views for other ethnic groups. The white man is the immortal rapist and the white feminist stands by her man. So someone like Oprah can come along and pander to that crowd and then lo and behold, it's Oprah for president in 2020. But there's a brother, uh, his name is Mitchell Chance, and he's on Facebook. 
And I'm going to play a little excerpt where he broke down from the beginning to the end on Oprah's speech. And he gave a hell of a perspective. Check this out, family. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm always mad at everything. But as James Baldwin says, to be black and conscious in America is to be angry all the time. And the gift and the curse of consciousness is you're constantly aware of the attacks on the psyche of black people. And as Neely Fuller Jr. says, if you don't understand racism, white supremacy, what it is and how it works, everything else will confuse you. So when I say things like the speech that Oprah has given last night is detrimental to our people, that right there will confuse you. But I'm going to give you four reasons why this Oprah Golden Globe speech is problematic. One, she devalued black self-love. So she starts the speech off talking about Sidney Poitier and how he won this Oscar. And when he won this Oscar, she was excited because she never saw a black man celebrated this way. So black people didn't celebrate Sidney Poitier before he won an Oscar? So the people that you knew didn't celebrate Sidney Poitier before he won an Oscar? Oh, what you mean is you never saw white people celebrate a black man the same way. So you totally disregard the fact that black people had loved Sidney Poitier way before he won an Oscar. And you felt like you could not be excited about this black man unless the white people celebrated him. And you just totally ignored the fact that black folks already love Sidney Poitier. Two. She reinforced the idea that we need white validation. So she talks about Sidney Poitier winning the same award that she won. And now she wins the award. And now other young black girls or other young girls can see her win this award and be inspired and think that they can win the award too. As if we are nothing until we're validated by white awards. So this is nothing for black empowerment. It's nothing for black people to be up in arms about because it's not about empowering black people. It's all about getting validation from white folks. So we can never say we achieved until we get this award from white people, Oprah. Three, she's bolstering the numbers for white supremacy. Now, you have to understand history to get this. When white supremacy was first conceived, only the Anglo-Saxons were considered white. Once their numbers were too small and all of the, the African descendants numbers were growing and all the non-white people were outnumbering the quote-unquote white people, they began to include other people in white. So then the Jews were classified as white. The Irish were classified as white. And the Italians were classified by white. Now, if you look around, it's still the Anglo-Saxons who have a hold on it, but they always find ways to pull people into what they're doing in order for them to maintain their power. So what's happening today with this speech is what has happened to us in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Whenever there is a resurgence of black empowerment, they find a way to divide us and lure a portion of us, specifically our women, to be a part of their movement. So Oprah gets on here and she uses the black woman who got raped and uses the fact that the people who raped her did not get arrested 
arrested for in order to provoke empathy from black women in order to pull them on to this whole white woman movement because this movement ain't really got nothing to do with black women. So she's using our women's pain. She's using our women's uh, desire to be heard as a way to get you to join white supremacist women. Four, she is perpetuating the exclusion of black women. Whenever you hear these vague, ambiguous terms, all women, will we can come together and we'll take over and all women will do that. Whenever there is an all, all always means except black people. Whenever there is inclusion, there is always exclusion for black people. So when she starts talking all of this vague stuff and wanting to empower all women all over the world, what she's saying is I want to empower all women except black women. And that right there are the four reasons why Oprah's Golden Globe speech is problematic. So that was Brother Mitchell Chance Speaks on Facebook. Make sure y'all check that brother out. Check out his videos. The brother have real good content. He stands in his truth, and he's not afraid to speak truth to power. Also coming up, family, I will be in Atlanta on January 27th. That's a Saturday. I'll be at the Auburn Research Library from 3 to 6 p.m., and we will be showing a screening of Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. The brother, Professor Gon, said he's going to come out. He's going to join us. Also, we're going to have Kalanji Changa as our special guest. He will be in the building. Also, February 10th through the 14th, I will be in the DMV area. So if you're in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Make sure you hit me up. I may be doing a screening, but I definitely is going to be doing a few meet and greets, and I will be in that area. And then on February 15th, 2018, I will be back in Brooklyn at the Mega Everett's College, and we're going to do three screenings in one day, followed by a lecture. So we're going to do Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline in the morning, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration in the afternoon. And then that evening, we're going to do Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. And that later on that night, we will have a lecture by myself. And then on February 17th, I'll be in North Charleston, South Carolina at Central Station. Make sure y'all come out. We'll be doing a screening of Elementary Genocide 3 as well as a lecture. And then on February 23rd, I'll be back in Atlanta and I'm going to be participating in the Black History Film Festival. And then April 8th, I'll be in Tampa, Florida. April 21st, I will be in Little Rock, Arkansas. And then March, I will be in Boston, in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't have the date on that. And I got a few more dates. They're not confirmed yet. But as many of y'all know, in the next 90 days, I will be visiting at least 12 cities so make sure y'all come out, man, and shout out to everybody that is already supporting me 
And if you don't have your copy of Elementary Genocide 1, 2, and 3, you can go on elementarygenocide.com. Tune in for the drop. Peace. This is Prince Coach Law, and I stay tuned into Necessary Blackness Podcast with Raheem Shabazz. Peace and power. This is Reporting Live, and you're tuned in to Necessary Blackness with my boy Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns, founder of the wonderful From Afros to Shell Toes and Sweet Tea Ethics. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African-centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie, Raheem Shabazz, on the Necessary Blackness Podcast. It's essential. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. (laughs) Now our feature presentation. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz. And we about to end this broadcast, but before I go, I'm going to leave you with the untitled words of Asafo Kwajo. Make sure y'all check this out, man, and hit that brother up, man. That brother be dropping a lot of knowledge, man. The brother sent me this audio, and I asked him, could I play it? He gave me permission to play it. I want you to absorb this. Let this penetrate through your brain cells. Make sure your brain wave frequency is in tune to what the brother is saying because he's dropping some real truth right here. These are the untitled thoughts of Asafo Kwajo Gahiji Ajamu Ajima. As I sit here on this quiet morning, And I think critically and deeply about the true value of black life. I can't help but to see so many different plethora of realities. Realities that take my mind's expressions in a direction to try to make an attempt to move beyond just rhymes, bars, or metaphors though I may fail. I see realities that reflect back upon the definitions of a past and of a present. The sheer magnificent greatness of our African past allows those of us who know of it to hold on to promises of that same magnificent greatness revisiting us within the future of our tomorrows. To those of we who have no knowledge of our past greatness, the only thing that we have are the definitions of ourselves that have been created for us by European slave massacrackers and their Arab, Asian, and Spaniard cohorts. There are no obvious hopes of revisiting greatness, of such independent and racially sovereign magnitude held within the minds of our people who have no knowledge of our true origins, or who do, but have given up those hopes to slave acceptance and self-abandonment. In knowing who we were to this world prior to enslavement, and even more so, who we were to ourselves as a people. I think that 
it is safe to say that our lives have lost major value. Many would argue that point. But is not value determined by the unique purpose and identity of whatever it is that we are focused upon at any given time? Is not value attached to the functioning of things and their overall reason for existing and being? Well, of course it is. See, a dog that functions as a cat would be useless to a dog owner that wants a dog to function as a guard dog. A, a car that does not crank because it is missing the parts needed for it to be functional is useless. For it is incapable of doing what it was designed to do. Do not these same principles apply to a race of people, a great people, a magnificent people, a functional people, a sovereign people? To look at our people and to know of our origins, our purpose, our greatness, the very greatness of our past, and to then look at what we have been systematically and methodically reduced to, that points out and identifies with an extreme loss of major value. Because all one would have to do is to look at how we functioned and what we were producing then, and then compare that information with how we are functioning now and what we are producing now. For those of us who do not have the knowledge base that is required to make such a comparison or to formulate and to see such a comparison, this lower value that we have been thoroughly whipped, raped and murdered into by European slave massacre devils, and their Arab, Asian, and Spaniard cohorts appears to be and has been thoroughly embraced as our only reality and is viewed as being our highest levels of achievement throughout our entire state of being within this existence. If left up to such depraved and a trophy degeneracy, I am convinced that our people will continue to devolve into a permanent Extinction of non-existence with, of course, the help of European slave massacres in their Arab, Asian, and Spaniard cohorts. If there are those who think that this is impossible, then just take a look. Take the time out to research the hundreds and probably thousands of species of plants, animals, fresh water supplies, rainforests, and aboriginal African peoples in various locations throughout the world that have already faced and suffered this fate of extermination and extinction. Money, cars, clothes, houses, jewelry, status, titles, and so-called European acceptance, which is just a sick integrative illusion and system of further domination and control are all considered to be higher values that have been achieved by slave-minded black people without realizing that the closer they move towards assimilating into whiteness, the further they are removed from their natural African black melanated selves. 
the lower their values as individuals become. And being that they are still a part of a race, that lowering of individual value reverberates throughout the entirety of the black race. I say this because what they are illicitly producing is a reflection of our cultural value in global politics, whether we like it or not. If the majority of our people have been whipped into slave-minded cooning stool pigeons, then that is the majority image and definition that will be and is visually and verbally communicated throughout the entire world. That becomes our cultural, political face. The knowing exceptions that many of us say we are are reduced to being anomalies. Reflections of a striving towards what used to be without having the power of the people majority that is surely needed to project a more valued and principled image and de definition of ourselves as a race, an African race of powerful people upon the entire world. Those of us who continue to strive towards returning to our original greatness are like food preserves. We are like seeds that are being stored away within a time capsule so that some pure remnants of African sovereign liberated truth can be salvaged in the hopes of better days returning within our future tomorrows. Future tomorrows that are representative of African Mayatian fertile cultural soils that are conducive with the definitions of an African insane world. Unfortunately, though, no matter how these African seeds of sovereign liberated truth are preserved and stored away, if those who know do not do whatever is necessary to fight for the very existence of such an African conducive, insane world of African cultural value, I am sorry to have to communicate to you today. That such a world will never, ever exist again. And we will be wiped out of any African insane existence thoroughly and completely by those European slave massacre devils and their Arab, Asian, and Spaniard cohorts who exist off of our blood, our life force. And all we will be is a memory of what used to be a magnificent, powerful, African, sovereign, liberated, great people. Ashe. Family, make sure you send us an email at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com and tell us how you feel about this situation concerning Genuine and him being accused of being transphobic 
and give us your thoughts on today's podcast. Make sure you also subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to at Raheem Shabazz on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And you also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes as well as Google Play. So, you know what it is, what it was, and what it will be. Holla at your boy, Raheem Shabazz, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'll see y'all next week. We come on each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m., and sometimes we might rock out with y'all and come on on Sunday. Peace. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries.